0: Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In this episode, I'll talk with Anne Knight and share about the hymn, For All the Saints. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, let's get in tune. This podcast episode is being released the week leading up to November 1st. November 1st is All Saints Day, so I thought it appropriate that we explore the hymn For All the Saints. The text of For All the Saints was written by William Walsham Howe. Walsham Howe was an English bishop in the 19th century. Some folks may know another of his hymn texts, We Give Thee But Thine Own, which had been included in previous Baptist hymnals, but is not included in Celebrating Grace. Bishop Howe also contributed to the study of botany and wrote papers about the reconciliation of creation as described in the Bible and the theory of evolution. Interestingly, Bishop Howe is also a character in the Broadway play The Elephant Man. Though not the earliest tune associated with the hymn text for All the Saints, Rafe von Williams composed this hymn tune specifically for this hymn text. The tune name is Cine Nomine, which is Latin for without a name, which comes from a Renaissance tradition, of giving tunes that name if they weren't based on previous musical material. Rafe von Williams was a composer in the first half of the 20th century. He was a prolific composer across genres, symphonies, operas, chamber music, vocal music. Rafe von Williams was the son of a vicar, but went through a period of atheism, then arrived at what he himself describes as a cheerful agnosticism. But throughout his life, the King James Version of the Bible remained with him. He loved its beauty and poetry, and wrote a number of pieces with sacred texts. Rafe von Williams studied music at Trinity College, Cambridge, and the Royal College of Music in London. He learned the violin and the organ, and even worked as a church organist and choir master for five years early in his career, but did not particularly care for that job. One of the things that Vaughn Williams also did was collect English folk songs and then edit and arrange them for publication. This tune, sine nomine, has a couple of unique elements. First of all, the accompaniment has a walking bass line, meaning that the lowest notes in the accompaniment move mostly by steps. Also somewhat uncommon in hymn singing, is the very beginning of the hymn starts with the accompaniment and the voices rest on the first beat. This lines up well with the text, for instance, in the first stanza we sing, For All the Saints, and we arrive at the word saints on the strong beat of the second measure. Our time of remembrance on November 1st, All Saints Day, takes on new meaning in the year 2020. Words from the Bible and the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1, resonate particularly. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Today's podcast episode concludes with the singing of For All the Saints by the Congregation of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church with Dr. Beth McGinnis at the organ. If you have a hymn to suggest for a future episode of the podcast, feel free to email me at marty at vhbc.com. I am uh, so grateful for these weekly conversations and I'm glad to have with me today, Ann Knight. and welcome.
1: Thank you, Marty.
0: So glad to have you. I appreciate you uh, coming, coming to chat with me on the podcast. I'm glad to. Well, um, so Anne uh, sings in the choir and is a soprano, and uh, but tell us a little bit about uh, what else you're involved with at the church and uh, that sort of thing.
1: Right. Um, I'm a member of the Joyful Noise Sunday School class and just rotated back on as a deacon. I'm a returning deacon. And uh, pre-COVID, I participated in the Roundtable book group. And I was involved in Dr. Furr's Wednesday morning Bible study, but COVID, you know, of course, Mm has changed many things and and helped out a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit um, during um, the Sunday school hour with the preschoolers. So several different things. And over the years, that's that's changed. I've done different things at different Mm -hmm. times, like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad, um, you know, one of those things you mentioned was being a deacon, and I'm glad you've rotated back on this this term. That's great. It's a
1: different time to be a deacon. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, but so important, so, so important to help our congregation stay connected, and uh, so thank you for, for doing that. Oh, um, sure. Tell us a little bit about your music background, maybe either growing up as a child or into adulthood. What, what's, what's that been for you?
1: Well, um, as a child, I took piano, for three years and convinced my mother that that was enough, which was a huge mistake, a huge mistake. I so wish. Now, in fact, I have a keyboard upstairs and um, three years, though, is a lot better than never have yes. taken because I can read um, music. Well, Certainly not not great, but it but it definitely has helped. Mm-hmm. And I sang in my junior high and high school um, church choirs, but other than it that that's my total music experience. And and I was thinking about this, and in our choir, we have so many professional career musicians like yourself, and just a number. I mean, it's just a gifted group. But there are also people like me that just love being there. And um, I'll never forget, I mentioned it was a Wednesday night dinner and we were seated eating dinner and I was seated near Margaret Winkler. And I mentioned to her, I thought about choir. Well, she was like a duck on a bug. She said, you're going tonight. (laughs) You got to go. I mean, and she taught me into walking into that choir room, just completely cold. And, you know, I've gone ever since. So I have Margaret to thank for for
0: well, well, pushing the
1: door if literally she's listening
0: thank you margaret <laughs> well i you know two two things um sort of related to what you've said i it, it is true i've never heard an adult say gosh i sure wish i had never taken piano it's always <laughs> the opposite it is i wish i had stuck with it uh and you know uh, um you know my wife karen teaches piano lessons to children and That's not something that you can convince them of, you know, you know, 20 years, 30 years later, 40 years later, whatever, to convince them to stick with it for that reason. But uh, there has never been an adult who regretted taking piano. It's always been the opposite. They regretted not taking more. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, and the other thing about um, our choir, but I'm sure this is the case other places that um, part of what makes a choir so special uh, and i think ours um, for sure is that everybody brings their their own gifts uh, Mm -hmm. their own skills Um, each voice is different Uh, each person has different experiences uh, life experiences musical experiences and uh, being able to be in a choir that um, comes together with all of those things and makes music i think is just um, wonderful on its own, but also um, sort of analogous to the body of Christ and how we each are different parts of the same body and we each have different gifts. So um, I am grateful for the variety of uh, people and skills that we have in our choir, and I'm sure that um, that others would agree. So uh, I'm glad you're there, Anne.
1: Well, I'm glad I'm there too, Marty, <laughs> and, and I'm thankful too for all the uh, for all the different levels of expertise, but I think you're right. I, if if we can't solo or play a musical min- instrument, there are other areas that you can plug in. You know, in the choir, yes. there, there are other opportunities where you can plug in. So and, you know, and
0: I lend your voice that. to that, literally and figuratively, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree with that.
0: Well, that that's great. Tell me um, a little bit about your career and what you do now um, in retirement.
1: Okay. Um, well, I graduated from Auburn and was a special ed teacher for 14 years and enjoyed it, but just felt like I needed a professional change. So I returned to graduate school and um, got a master's in library and information studies and became a school librarian and um, I was in Hoover for a couple of years, but had my eye on Pizzitz and Vestavia because I knew my kids would be going there and got a job there and worked as the librarian there from 1995 until 2013. And it was it was a great career. I absolutely loved it. And I was thinking um, about what was most meaningful. To me during that time, and I think it was we had a library assistant program, and we had a kids kind of like our choir now that I think about it. We <laughs> had the math team kids to the kids who struggled to read who worked in the library, and that was a real. Um, Uh, That was a real positive experience for me to have personal relationships with those kids. And it's amazing what children can do when given responsibility. Mm -hmm. It it really is. Um, And I got to meet a number of authors and hosted author visits. So I really love that. So I retired in 2013 and I have not worked, did not work for a couple of years, but then worked part time at Mount Brook Baptist Church until this past December as a receptionist. And I enjoyed that, too. I've never worked in a church. A church is, oh, my goodness gracious, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes of Sunday, Wednesday. And, mm-hmm. you know, I learned a lot of things that, like, you know, I peeped into what's involved in um, planning a wedding, planning a funeral when people, you know, it, it's a um, uh, there's no place like it. Marty. Mm-hmm. You
0: know,
1: yeah. You know. And I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. I really did. Well, I I think it's probably true for uh anybody who um, you know, steps into something that that maybe they don't have uh haven't had a lot of experience with that you you know, you you learn new things about what it's like to work, for instance, to work at a church. But I yeah. think churches in particular, you know, you have folks who are there Sundays and Wednesdays and feel like they um, do have a really good sense of what's going on, and lots of times they do. But there are also so many things that happen uh, between right. Sundays and Wednesdays, and those those days in between that uh, folks uh, folks don't always um, have a have a sense of what what goes on.
1: I agree, and I think it gave me a new it gave me a new appreciation for my own church. Mm. Um, just knowing what's involved because some things all churches probably share the things they need to do, you know, minister to everyone, get the physical uh, facility prepared and ready. You know, there's things that everybody has to do. Mm -hmm. And it just gave me a new appreciation for all of that. So, but I've had a wonderful career, you know, I did. So now I'm at home and um, each, each, well, COVID has certainly made each day different, but I, I stay busy. I just came in from walking. In fact, I just walked at the church. It's a great place to walk yes. uh, to the, around the amphitheater and all that. And um, I, I stay busy, you know, just with family, yard, just doing mm-hmm. different book book club, doing different things. Well, I
0: know your uh, family responsibilities, your grandmothering responsibilities have um, been, uh kind of a priority recently. Tell us about your family and um, uh, a little bit about what you do as a grandmother.
1: Okay. Well, I have two sons and Zach is 36 today, my oldest. And, um, he lives here in Birmingham. He and his wife are, are here in Birmingham. And then my youngest, Alex is married to Mallory. He's 32 and they have three children. Ella is 13, a teenager. Bo is three and into everything. And they have a newborn. So so it's, they're hitting all levels. Um, actually he's not a newborn. Um, Graham is four months old, but, um, his every okay when Mallory was pregnant with Graham everything was wonderful we were just rocking along through life she went in for a regular doctor visit and learned that uh, that Graham had spina bifida so that changed the course really of our lives because um, what they decided to do was to apply to a program that intervenes in utero and can do surgically things to help to help the baby. So when they're born, it's just better for them if things can be done, which is wonderful. And these surgeries are done at Vanderbilt and in Houston and different places. So the family rallied together um, to help them because they needed a lot of help. And they ended up um, going to Houston where they were for 13 nights because Bo was here 13 nights in a row. I remember, (laughs) remember that distinctly. But anyway, they had the surgery in Houston and it was successful. And so now we have a cute, pudgy, chunky uh, little four-month-old, and Graham is doing so well. And um, he's attending the Bell Center for his therapy at four months, but he's just doing great. And I'm so thankful to be out of that high crisis mode and have him on an even plane. I'm thankful that his mother's a nurse there's so much that that we have to be thankful for in this situation, but it's it's when you're going through things like that, it's it's just a time of high crisis. And I and I will I have to say though that the church was so supportive during that time, as they have been in in every crisis, you know, of my life. They've been. Uh, family it's i have my family I have my friend family my choir family my church family i have lots i have lots of families but um anyway so i have three grandchildren and they were here last night you know we had the opportunity to to pick up dinners at our church. So I picked them up dinners too. So they all came over and it was a wild and crazy (laughs) (laughs) fun time eating our meatloaf and cabbage and cornbread. And, uh, but we had, but we had a good time. So, and they live very close. I could almost walk to their house.
0: Well, you mentioned that, that you have a lot to be thankful for, but I'm sure that your family is thankful for you. Uh, being there for them, especially as you say, in, through that crisis period of crisis, and I know that they're we're, we're glad to have you um, for uh, childcare, among other things.
2: <laughs> <Out
0: here>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but for support and and um, all of that. So I'm I'm sure that they are grateful to you, uh, grateful for you. I. Um, have been asking everybody in these podcast conversations uh, the same question as we, we conclude, um, Jesus says in the second half of John ten ten, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. So, uh, and what is bringing you life?
1: Well, you know, I, you know, Marty, I think just living life, um, in a different way, certainly the grandchildren and, um, being back in, I took a sabbatical during the pregnancy, but I'm back now. Um, being, uh, in choir and in a book club on zoom where I can connect with, with friends, walking, being outside, working in the yard, reading, um, just going on with life, um, in a different way. Um, I can't. I don't think it's any one particular thing. Go into the beach, um, which is we we're still doing, but we're doing it in such a different way. There's a secluded place called Cape Sandblast where there's nobody near you, and so that's that's what we do now. We don't go. And um, uh, yesterday, I had uh, some family and friends in for, on the carport, probably at least ten feet apart bring your own lunch. So it's just learning to live in a, in a different but meaningful way. Good question.
0: This, um, I, I have said um, in our choir Zooms that um, it's, it's hard to imagine going through a pandemic and um, this period of so much s- separateness um, without technology, you know, um, you know, you and I are, are miles apart, but we're on Zoom, um, you know, being able to connect with family and friends on FaceTime or whatever, um, it's hard to imagine, and so I uh, am grateful for technology that allows us to stay connected, and, um, uh, you know, I'm glad that our church is sort of Uh, navigated those technology waters as well and uh, to to help us to remain connected as a church family and uh, the same can be said for you know families uh, and and friend groups and so uh, you're absolutely right learning to live in this time in a new way
1: Mm -hmm. but and i agree with the church the church service it's been so meaningful you know, and I've my connected. I'm sure a lot of people. I'm watching on the TV screen because through internet, but it's just so meaningful. And now, as we go back to church, and you know, I've been to some outside things. I've been to one indoor meeting, but um, it it's the church has been there in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you, but you all have been there for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. And uh, it's it's through everybody's uh, efforts together that we can continue to. To be a church family. So, and I have really uh, enjoyed this conversation today. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time out and um, for thinking about some of these things and um, chatting with me.
1: Well, Marty, I enjoyed it too. And, you know, I'd like to ask you some of these questions. Uh-oh. Oh,
0: well, I don't know if I'm up for that.
1: <laughs> no, but I, I would. I would love to know your
0: answer well, to some ma- of these. Maybe that'll be a future maybe podcast we can re- episode. That's a good idea.
1: <laughs> you can, yeah, a reverse interview. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but I enjoyed it too, Marty. I enjoyed it very much. So well, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for doing this for us. Thank you, Anne. All right. Have a good one. All right. Okay. Bye.
0: Subscribing to this podcast makes it easy to find new episodes. This episode concludes with the singing of For All the Saints.